Hello, my name's Heather, and this is my posh boyfriend, Max. Hello. And this is our podcast, Posh Things My Boyfriend Says. So, another episode. It's a glorious bank holiday Monday. It's outrageously hot. Really nice. (laughs) Even I might get a tan in this weather. For anyone who hasn't been following our Instagram, number one, do. And number two, there's some evidence on there of how pale skin Heather is. Yeah, yeah. there's there's no no tan forthcoming. Uh, far too much Celtic skin going on <laughs> over here. You, on the other hand, look at the sun for about 15 minutes. And bronze up. And bronze up. Yeah, it's great. I might have to keep you locked in a cupboard if that's not. Um... <laughs> <laughs> who was that German man who kept his family in a basement. Joseph Fritzl. Yeah, if that's mm. not a bit Joseph Fritzl, I'm going to keep you locked in a couple. I went to a party once, well, a few years ago, sort of Christmas time, and one of my parents' friend's son went to the same school as either my brother or I, I can't remember the connection. But anyway, they were having a party and we got wind of it and got an invite, so I went over. And they had a massive house that included trained doves that sat outside... <laughs> One of, seriously, we were really drunk. We were having a cigarette outside. Trained doves. Yeah, and then there was this like cooing above us. And it was <laughs> a bunch of doves that were just sat there in their little dove curts. But anyway, but that wasn't the, <laughs> the reason for the, for the <laughs> connection. It's because they also had downstairs where they were having the party. They had like wine cellars and everything. And a, in a whole bunch of places, they decked it out as Fritzl's dungeon. Oh and had God. like weird little gimmicks, like an inflatable doll Jesus. and uh, chains and stuff. So that was strange. That That is very odd, but also was very of that time because I remember going to a house party in Leeds where somebody had done exact, exactly the same thing and it was supposed to be a sort of ironic, you know, joke type thing. Yeah. Trained doves, though. I didn't know that you could train doves. Yeah. I've, I guess I you can so. train pigeons. I think they're mainly trained just to, like, sit in the same spot. To be honest, um, let's yeah. face it, though. A dove is basically just a posh pigeon, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a fair analysis. Anyway, uh, last week we got very serious. We did. We it got a bit emotional, didn't it? Really it really did. But I think it was worth it, because it was good to talk about. Yeah. But we didn't have time to get to correspondence, which was the saddest thing of all in that whole episode, let's be honest. Absolutely. Um, but also, in the meantime, we have had the most spectacular bit of correspondence. It's so incredible. We are setting aside all precedents and structures that you know and love, and we're diving straight into correspondence. Correspondence. So we have had many pieces of correspondence through our official channels over the last few weeks that we've not been able to get to. So we thought we would lighten the mood slightly after episode eight and dedicate the entire episode to some fabulous correspondence that we have had in. And I think the first thing that we have to start with is a letter. Like an actual physical letter. Physical letter. I can't remember the last time I ever received a letter. I was so excited to get this in the post. Yeah. It is glorious. (laughs) Um, It is in a sort of, um, you know, when you used to uh, do a history project at school and to make something look old, you do a sort of tea staining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You soak it for a few days. It looks a little bit like that, I have to say. And not only does it have 
for the attention of posh things my boyfriend says with our address underneath Very it. Very official. It also comes with some magnificent artwork and official correspondence um, underlined on the front of it. Now, the magnificent artwork, even though it's just stick figures, I have to say, looks quite like us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I'm thin, but I'm not that thin. <laughs> I think it's trying to depict you with a sort of megaphone. Yeah, but it looks like I'm smoking it. something It really looks like dubious. you have a massive spliff. Like <laughs> at the bit world's biggest disco cigarette going. It's larger than your head, quite yeah. frankly. And you, you're sort of... Your little stick arms are gesticulating in a way that's very... Well, that's true to life. Exactly. Excellent. It's very much like you. So thank the, you. The best bit, though is when you turn it over this is stuck down not just with your old spittle it has a wax seal now is there anything more wonderful than a wax seal uh that is a a thing that you close letters with not a waxwork model of of the singer of kiss from a rose Uh, no, wax seals are bloody spectacular. Yeah. It, it shouldn't surprise you to know I've got a wax seal <laughs> with an you? H on it. Yeah. Oh, I always wanted one. Can uh, I have it? Absolutely not. It's quite helpful that your surname begins with H and yeah. that my first name is H. That's very fortuitous. Yeah, and very I think useful. you should gift it to me. Absolutely not. Anyway, so, but this one doesn't have a letter on it. This one has a tree. Yes, it has a, a really ornate tree and a really confusing <laughs> set of notes. So we, we will be putting up pictures of this spectacular piece of correspondence on our Twitter and Instagram. So you can have a go at deciphering the treasure map, if you will, because <laughs> <laughs> we can't work it out. But maybe there's more detail in the letter. We've not opened it yet. No, we wanted to do a live. A live opening, opening. like sort of like an unboxing, but even better. <laughs> um, I love that you made that reference. <laughs> so hang on, quick aside. What do you watch an unboxing for? Because for me, it's anything beauty skincare related i have lots of friends who mm. listen to this podcast who will know exactly what i'm talking about yeah. but there's nothing more succulent than unboxing a delivery from a skincare company and just you know pouring yourself over it That's uh so, so is, is your question what do i watch yeah unboxing what, what do you watch unboxing videos i've of? never watched an unboxing video oh, for god's sake <laughs> so Why I'm, disappointed. I'm just aware of them <laughs> fine um, now, Moving on. The, uh, the key to a good letter opening, as we all know, and I hope that you, darling, have one of these and that everyone who's listening has one. I do not. not these, oh, well, that's... I don't know. That's a real shame. That is a present waiting to happen. There we go, then. Um, one should always open letters with a letter knife, of course. I have a couple. I also have a <laughs> very have special... several. Well, I wouldn't go as far as several, but I've got a special one here, which is an antique Victorian silver handle. <laughs> paper knife from 1867 very um, nice now here is live uncutting preserving the seal oh, that of course. is good <laughs> does does the paper match the envelope sort of it's like a rather lovely shade of oh my god this thing is amazing so sort of beige or yeah yeah sort of yellowish beige color okay I, can i see our icon yeah. Oh so, my god. So the authors I can see here are Ed and Brian. So we've got the logo up in the top left, which is absolutely beautiful. There's a lot of sort of jottings down the side. Who knows what that's all about? So I'm just gonna have to crack into the letter and see how we get on. <clears throat> now is a rather interesting time in history. 
Excellent use of semicolon, by the way, author. Thank you. We are living in the time of a global pandemic, and I am solving this by listening to my friends rattle on in a truly funny yet bizarre podcast about being posh or not. It's bloody brilliant. Ah, thank Aww. you. We love a flattering opening paragraph. Thank you, Ed and Brian. There are so many things that this podcast has got me thinking about. Like, why are Northerners seen as lessers by Londoners when so many of the UK's top billionaires are from the North, specifically oh. the self-made ones? Excellent point. And then it says Jim Radcliffe. Oh, yeah. Isn't he the, he's the richest self-made um, person in Britain, I think? Well, that, that might make Chemical sense. engineer. There we go. He's worth $13.8 billion. That's pretty damn good. Jim Ratcliffe, John, what also looks like Ratcliffe, Graham Kirkham, yet the view persists. Well, I'm pausing now, I have to be honest, I've never heard of any of them. So that's a really good <laughs> illustration of your point. Yeah, true. Your podcast has also given me good food for thought on the middle. I mean this from both a geographical perspective and a sound one, dot, dot, dot. I was born and grew up in Henley in Arden. Ah, oh, and there's a lovely little map that's been drawn with sort of some referencing that shows, I think that's most of it, it's literally right bang in the middle of the country. It is. It's beautiful, Henley in Arden, if you've never been. It's just outside Stratford-upon-Avon, an area denounced by the South as above Watford, therefore a northerner, yet shunned from the North due to the bath and grass pronunciation. The distinction catches... We're really sorry, we can't quite wake that out. But the distinction catches with social circumstances between the age of 4 to 16. I attended private school, and for secondary school, I attended the oldest boys' school in England from 914. Bloody hell, that is old. With a Latin school song. All the best ones do. <laughs> and believed to be the oldest boys' public school in the world. Yet, my family were both born in council houses, and I went to a state sixth form. Never fitting truly into either the Birmingham sorts, also, I might add, a worse accent than any northern. I think that's unfair, I like a Brummie accent. <laughs> well, yeah, quite to be discussed. Uh, nor fitting into the old money vantage point of the upper class. Where are the marker points for, for, for the forgotten middle? Mm. And then he's actually drawn a lovely diagram. For anyone <laughs> who wants to know where the forgotten middle is. At the top, there's queen, then earl, then landed, then a nice big chunk that is the forgotten middle, then working class, then chav, then peasant, apparently. <laughs> that, is, that is the social order uh, in Britain. According, according to, to Ed and Brian. Uh, yeah, so thank you for that. Um. The ones who bank with handles banken but need to check their accounts. The ones who were banished to the middle through outdated drinking laws. See the history of the Midlands. Okay, I'm not sure what that refers to, but we'll have to clearly do some research. The home of Walker's Crisps, Shakespeare, Cadbury's and steam engines. I plead for you not to forget about the middle in your discussions. Let us be lodgers in your aristocratic or working class homes. Let us dine with you on your dandelion and burdock pop. My question is, do either of you think that you or the other are actually in the middle? Hmm. Interesting question. It is an interesting you question. You have been maybe accused, I could say, of actually being pretty <laughs> posh. Yes. Um, how, and we discussed in episode one how that might make you feel. Hmm. Yeah. Mixed emotions. It does. It feels like a strange thing to say that I'm now 
middle class because um I don't know it feels a bit like when somebody calls themselves the thought leader (laughs) and they ascribe that term to themselves Mm. when I don't really feel like I'm a part of that group to be able to say yeah I'm middle class but I also appreciate that from the outside I probably am middle class now you know I work in a white collar job through lockdown I've been able to actually work from home mm-hmm. for example which is a really interesting differential that's um come, been out and about fall. and come to light recently mm-hmm. I go on skiing holidays and really like a nice glass of fleury <laughs> or brulee yeah. um or shabbly even as we discovered the other day I'm always just a bit conscious about saying anything like that though because it makes it sound like working class people don't enjoy quote unquote like nice things in life um I guess it's just the things that I do on a more regular basis now that probably make me um middle class but I've definitely had sort of friends girlfriends have said but surely Heather's a bit posh isn't she and that feels so alien to me because I'm like well I grew up in a council house yeah well as as did our lovely correspondents mm, exactly Um, yeah and I think basically it's just that is social mobility in action yeah Um, thank you Tony Blair yeah and so so that's no bad thing and it totally makes sense in some respects that you and Edinburgh might start out life in council uh, houses and in working class families and then become middle class or or Mm. join the middle. Quick note on the actual middle of the country. I love the middle of the country. You love the middle of the country. Because it is the best place in the world for canal boating, which is (laughs) my dearest uh, hobby. It's one of the best things in the world anyone can do. And if you want to go and set off from like Warwick go through a bit of Levington Spa, go from Rugby, any of these amazing places. Get out there, get in the canal boats. It's the best. <laughs> anyway, that letter was bloody magnificent. So thank you, Ed and Brian. The drawings, the points that you raised. Amazing. All fantastic. Um, I think you raised a good point, which is that there is um, a forgotten middle. And I just want to add one more thought on this as well, which is going to be the subject of a whole other episode, I think. But that, I think, is... It's true that if you tell other people that they are posh, they take offence at it. Yes. And so I think almost everyone thinks of themselves as middle class rather than upper class. Mm, It's somehow less offensive. Which I mean, I don't think it's offensive to call somebody posh, but it definitely feels like it's got negative connotations. Exactly. But that is a really interesting takeaway is that, yeah, people think of themselves as middle rather than upper like I think of myself as very much as middle because I'm I mean I'm not like a landed gentry Mm. and if we go back to the wonderful hierarchy diagram uh, it goes queen earl landed and then the forgotten middle well our garden at home is only about four acres (laughs) (laughs) now it's interesting that you say that though there's a couple of things I want to pick up on Mm -hmm. there the first of all I get where you're coming from. You're not landed gentry. No. Your family only have four acres. It's a nightmare. I mean, it's a total nightmare, but there you go. But harking back to the whole reason that we started this podcast yeah. and the list of posh things that you say, I actually have a really relevant quote for you. Oh, amazing. We're sat chatting and it's about 
somebody that you're working with or about to work with, you're about to meet them. Okay. And you're doing a bit of research in our living room. <laughs> so you're talking about this person that you're about to meet and you turn around and you say, God, look at the family background of this guy. Very long pause. And then you say, oh, hang on. He represented my uncle, Lord... <laughs> Bloody insert <bad>. name here. <laughs> uh, so the fact yeah. that you have an uncle that was has a lord peerage. yeah has a peerage and not not a blood relative i would add what if that makes fine but you know a bit like how we've spoken previously about being you know rich ad- adjacent ah now that's um, interesting well that that i think that was a phrase for normal people wasn't we, that's it? that's what i was about to say yeah. so sally rooney talks about being rich adjacent i mm. think um, I kind of feel like, you know... Am I gentry adjacent? You're gentry adjacent, and so uh, therefore posh by association. <laughs> An infallible theory, I'm sure. Yeah, you've just landed me on the Ed and Brian chart of <laughs> <laughs> hierarchy. Yeah, uh, but that's, that's really interesting, it's though, super because interesting. I can't even say... Uh, well, actually, I have met a lord before, mm-hmm. several lords in and ladies in the course of my of work. work yeah. But that's because I worked in in politics, so yeah. um, you know that's you know just part of the course. I don't know them socially yeah. <laughs> or count them as my co- close friends or family. That's really interesting. Again, it could be the subject of a whole other discussion. But I guess if you were to find yourself in sort of a social scenario mm. with other you know lords members of the gentry then because you are familiar with them because you're related to them somehow i guess you sort of just feel that much more comfortable in the presence and so mm. it's a bit easier to get on in that section of society because you've got some sorts of links whereas if you've not then it just all feels very alien yeah and and i'm sort of questioning Okay, so if we're both in the middle, mm. are there subsections to the middle? Absolutely. Well, there's, yeah, people talk about upper, upper middle class and stuff like yeah. that because it just encompasses too much. I, I would say if I had to come down on something, you would be upper middle class. Seems fair. And I'd be, what, newly middle class? Or I don't know what the lower like, middle class? I've yeah. not really heard that as a term, but. Interesting. Yeah. Bang anyway. in the middle, middle class. Bang in the middle, middle class. Okay, Perhaps. I'll, I'll take it. I mean, I still say class, so and, and I won't ever stop. So there no, we go. Please don't. So the second thing I wanted to pick up on. Yeah. As you mentioned Warwick there. Oh, lovely. Very lovely play. Sure. Um, I had a little trip to the university there many moons ago. Uh, was not successful in my application. However. Brutal. I know, awful. Uh, terrible place. Wouldn't want to go. <laughs> However... One of our correspondents was successful. And we've heard from Ollie before. Hello, Ollie. Hey, Ollie. Hey, Ollie. Um, Ollie sent us a lovely message a few weeks ago, which we did reference, I think, after our sports quiz episode. Mm. And he and I had a, had a bit of a chat further. And Ollie had some really interesting insights. So I just want to read out a couple of things. First of all, shout out the small University of Warwick contingent who are listeners to the podcast. Oh, we love you guys. We love you guys. Um, So Wally says, regarding poshness at uni, I was actually thinking about there being different universities that are posh and that also when posh people are at universities that they do kind of different things. Mm. 
There's the obvious example of what uni's different uh, posh people go to, particularly Oxbridge, St Andrews, Durham, etc. There's a lot more RAS there. But also the type of things that posh people tend to do. For example, how different types of students attend nights out and their social groups. I've often found that posh people are more likely to integrate with international students. I'm at Warwick and that's certainly the case from my perspective. Really interesting point. It is really interesting. Um, I actually can't say that I did integrate with any of the international students at Leeds. What about you in your London uni? Well, yeah, in, at London universities, there's just far more international students there. Mm. So I guess it's just far more likely that one would mix with them and integrate with them. But I'm not sure that I did any more than anyone else. So that's really interesting. That's yeah. not something that I picked up on at Completely all. Completely stumped on that point. I've yeah. not really got any sort of um, reference points. No, neither. Very interesting. Ollie then also goes on to say, I asked him whether his girlfriend was posh because he was saying that he and his girlfriend listen to this. Sort of he classes himself as posh or, you know, his girlfriend certainly does and his girlfriend um. says that she's not posh. And he said that he wouldn't say his girlfriend's posh, but she's also not not posh, if that makes sense. Mm. She's from Italy and identifying poshness in different countries is a little bit more complex. Uh, yeah. Ollie comes from a similar background to Max and he's found that the biggest difference uh, in their relationship is definitely mannerisms. So they really recognised the towel whipping example <laughs> that we talked about and said that his girlfriend went on at him for a good 20 minutes for it. Don't um, apologise, I think. It's totally <laughs> normal behaviour. Essential life skill. <laughs> she also says that the classic trait for boarding school boys is to be more confident and arrogant, and that's something mm. I've got mixed feelings about. So that's really interesting. That, oh, so when you say they've got mixed feelings, is that her or He's he? got mixed feelings about the fact that he think that she said that sort mm, of um that we're more confident yeah. or arrogant mm. very interesting well that's that's a pretty common thing leveled at public school boys i think yeah that's definitely something that i thought mm. however having met some of your friends that's definitely not the case at all so i wonder whether it's just you know the people that are a bit more extrovert and sort of present themselves to you and are a bit more i eye-catching if I can say that sure um especially in those red trousers yeah (laughs) hey salmon's the hot new color for god's sake apparently so (laughs) did uh oh fuck what's his name Michael Portillo did Michael Portillo teach you nothing uh yeah clearly um yeah so maybe it's just the sort of you know extroverted posh boy types maybe are a bit more arrogant and a bit more confident but there's definitely friends that you've got from school who do not fit Mm. into that stereotype um, we're onions at all we've got to peel back those layers so many layers <laughs> uh, so well many look layers. thanks so much ollie for writing in and lending that perspective i have to admit that whole dynamic or um interaction with foreign students uh, hadn't occurred to us mm. at all that's really interesting to hear and yeah it's something that we observe often is that this stuff doesn't really translate to other countries and cultures in fact we got reminded by somebody else on twitter that even though we were reviewing normal people things are very very different in terms of culture and class in ireland as well absolutely um, let yeah. alone italy or i know we have canadian and u.s listeners as well so yeah hopefully this is a sort of bit of a guide for any foreign listeners who are trying to understand it um but that is our sort of rustle through 
the very healthy looking correspondence pile um you can't overlook physical letters and uh, proper dm exchanges like that from ollie so thanks so much keep sending them in please if you want to send anything in darling where do we send them you can send emails to us at poshthingsmyboyfriendsays at gmail.com. If you want to slide into our DMs, though, on Twitter and Instagram, it's at poshthingsmy. And if you want our home address to send us letters, we're not going to give it to you. Apologies. <laughs> so do some better stalking or get in touch with Ed or uh, Brian. Don't tell them to stalk us, for God's sake. <laughs> All right, see you next week. Ta-ra! I love you. (laughs) Half a glass of wine. Okay. Okay.